you're listening to a Two Jackets podcast. Check out more at twojackets.com. Welcome to Sham Fiction, the podcast where we break the first rule of fan fiction, that you have to be a fan to write it. We're Two Jackets Productions. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Marcus. Here's the format. Each installment, Andrew, Eric, or Marcus will be presented with a media franchise that they are unfamiliar with and challenged to write fan fiction about it. We'll start by giving the author some basics, like characters, overarching plots, and those special elements that make each franchise great. The author will then take this info, throw out what they don't like, add a generous helping of creative license, and come back ready to read their masterpiece for all of us to enjoy. It's fan fiction written by non-fans. It's sham fiction. This week's author is Andrew. Hey guys, it's Andrew, and I'm here. I'm the writer this week, and I want you to tell me what I'm going to write. How unexpected! Changing things up. Uh, I guess just off the top of my head, I'd say you should probably write about... I don't know. What, what do you think, Eric? Um... Well, I just saw this great movie. Just came out in theaters. It's oh like god, a I'm so glad you're movie. just doing this. Like, oh good, uh, I saw that too. I saw that same one. I think, um, Revenge of the Sith. No, it's the guy who no, kind of looks like um, Spider Man. More recent is the one I'm thinking. Deadpool. Of. That's the that's one. right. That's, that's right, gents and ladies. We are going into Deadpool. 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 This that sounds movie. like a terrible place to take a dip. <laughs> uh. Boy, are we excited to talk about Deadpool. Uh, I saw this at an advanced screening. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Eric saw it in regular release like a chump. Aww. He enjoyed it. <laughs> and Andrew, who has interest in the film, has graciously decided to wait so that he can sham it for uh, the burdens I bear for this program. Yeah, no, we yeah. definitely didn't plan this one ahead of time. This is totally a surprise for totally. Andrew. Did not know it was coming. It was a surprise, guys. <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk Deadpool. Do it. Uh, this is a film just came out February twelfth, two thousand sixteen. Directed by Tim Miller, his feature directorial debut. Who is oh, Tim Miller? Cool. He's the co-founder of Blur Studios, which is an effects house that did the video cutscenes, uh, the CG video cutscenes for a lot of our favorite games, including the Halo franchise. And did uh, opening credits for Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and Thor of the Dark Ooh, World. The nice. uh, Dark World. Yeah, so he's an effects guy. And that's part of the reason why the action and effects are so great with such a small budget on They're this so film. They're so fantastic. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the film was written by Rhett Reese and Paul Vernick, who were the duo behind Zombieland. Zombieland. Very funny guys. And it's based on the Marvel Comics character created by Fabian Nishiza, or something like that, and <laughs> Rob Liefeld. Catch. Yeah, that's the one everybody always points to. It's Rob. Yep. Rob can't draw hands or feet, Liefeld. Yep. But doesn't mean he's not a good creator of comics. <laughs> and Marcus can't pronounce names. Ma- man? Is that right? Okay. Mian? You yeah. got an easy one. <laughs> Mian? Uh, they, they changed it to make it easier for me. Uh-huh. All right. So... Who's in this? Uh, it stars the one, the only, God's own idiot. God's Ryan perfect Reynolds. idiot. God's, God's perfect, perfect idiot. idiot. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> as he's described in the credits. And then uh, uh, some hot chick is in this. Yep. Marina Bakarin, who is Anara on Firefly for oh, you nerds out there. Yeah. If there are any nerds in this audience. And then there's the, <laughs> uh, the British supervillain. Yep. Ed Screen as Francis Freeman or Ajax. You may remember him as the original Dario Naharis from the oh. Game of Thrones show. Oh. Uh, he left He left Khaleesi's side so that he could make movies like Deadpool. And he was the beardier one, I think one, a transporter right? or something. What? He was the beardier yeah. one, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, 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 no. The original, the not beardy one. The oh, long the hair. Oh, he the pretty one. Yeah. yeah. The pretty one. Oh, so okay. it's that minus all the hair. Bald. So way sexier and way and, more British. And then additional uh, HBO favorite, TJ Miller from Silicon oh, Valley. Plays yes. the bartender Weasel. Oh, I'm excited to see that just for him. I love TJ Miller in Silicon Valley. Oh, no, he's good. He's fun in it. He's everything so, you want and more. <laughs> cool. He's, he's, he's a guy. And he's the mucus on that uh, 
advertising campaign. So <laughs> oh, sure is. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. So if you are interested in seeing Deadpool right now, your best chance is to go out to a theater, pay for your movie ticket, get Deadpool 2 made. Although it's already made $500 million. It's the highest grossing X-Men film. Inexplicably. So don't really worry about that. Uh-huh. Not, not quite inexplicably, Eric. I've written two essays about Deadpool in my marketing <laughs> class in my MBA, yeah, yeah. and uh, I can explicate it for you. You know, I feel ooh. like you uh, have the background to explain more about this movie than I do, Marcus. I'm just going to hang out here and laugh. <laughs> marketing. Uh, yeah. The oh new gosh. podcast from Two Jackets. Oh, oh and, and here's the other really important thing to know about this. This is, uh, and everybody's making a big deal about it, though it is definitely not the first of its kind. It's the it's the biggest success of its kind so far. It's an R-rated superhero movie, which means, and this is this is where the explicit warning for the podcast comes in, because we're gonna be saying the fuck words and the shit words and the goddamn words, and it goes on and on. So that's, that's happening. Those are all the ones that I know. I, I stopped because I ran out. It, it's all I know. Uh, all right. Yes, yeah. so this will be an explicit podcast. Uh, this is an explicit film. Do not see this film or take people to this film unless they can handle very graphic content. There's lots of blood, gore, violence, nudity. Uh, there's more swears than than something that has a lot of swears in it. It's like a <laughs> Kevin Smith movie. Uh, <laughs> But, but it's like right. the Blood, funniest, funniest movie that's come out in so long. This is such a funny, funny film. And Andrew, that means you're tasked with writing a funny, funny sham fiction. Yes, Ooh, that's exciting. Your yeah. main goal, I think, is going to be to make us laugh. Absolutely, okay. that's it's awesome. it's funny. it's so funny. And what's great about this is it's not just your typical comedy chops. This film has a budget. It was about, I think, $80 million? I don't know, man. You're the one who writes the essays. Something like that, yeah. Uh, So low budget for an action movie, but still for a comedy, this is letting you do CG on an epic battle scale and make jokes about those things that have become part of our pop culture over the past decade since Iron Man came out. Uh, And we'll talk more specifically about how you can interact with that current status of pop culture but I want to tell you a little bit about what Deadpool is, right? Yes, because, please. Because uh, you should probably know that if you're going to be writing it. Maybe. I've already left. I'm already writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's a superhero movie. Obviously, it is set canonically within X-Men, the X-Men franchise, film franchise at Fox. Uh, although there are plenty of inconsistencies, some of which Deadpool himself points out throughout the course of the film. Yes. Uh, but that is where this takes place. It's not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so you won't see a Thor or an Iron Man or any of those cats okay. hanging out. Okay. You, won't, you won't see any anyone who's not a mutant in these films. But the basic premise is very simple. So you have Wade Wilson, who eventually becomes known as Deadpool. He's a former special ops guy. He's got 40-something kills to his name, something like that. Eric, do you know I this I saw number? it once. I wasn't taking notes. Okay. I was enjoying it. I was it. laughing, too. So he's a special ops guy, ton of kills to his name, uh, retires, works kind of as an enforcement guy, harassing people who are mean to women for money. Um, he's not harassing women for money. He's harassing the, the people the who harassers. are abusive. He's harassing yeah, harassers. the would-be who? harassers. He watches The Watchmen or something like that. <laughs> uh, so that's what he's doing when we meet him. He meets this prostitute named Vanessa, who's played by Marina Bakarin, as we talked about. Uh, they fall Vanessa. instantly in love, have sex for a solid year during all the major holidays. Yep, nonstop. And then after they uh, get engaged, he says that he finds out he has terminal cancer. He's going to die. And in order to counteract that, he decides to go along with the mysterious government agent who shows up, why not, and offers a miracle solution. So he gets taken into this special program where they're going to torture him after injecting him with a serum until his innate mutant abilities come out either that or he'll die yeah this uh, is oh, this is wow. such an interesting thing the that you can inject somebody with a serum and then put them through so much stress that their their mutant abilities that is that are hiding in their dna will come to the forefront so it's kind of like a regular mutant going through puberty right <laughs> yeah. so 
this is kind of a new concept in the X-Men universe. It's not something that we've seen in the comics before. It's not part of Deadpool's original origin. But we'll take it. So, fortunately Taking for it. the viewers, he does have innate mutant abilities and he doesn't die. Yay. And what happens is that he becomes horribly disfigured because he has an over-accelerated healing factor. So think how Wolverine can recover from almost anything. Deadpool's healing factor is even more powerful. But the problem is, instead of reducing his tumors, it's just constantly growing all around him. So he looks like yeah. a severe burn victim. Uh, but he can recover from anything. He can lose He's like limbs. Made out of yeah. made out of solid cancer, that guy. As, oh my goodness. He's a big as old Weasel TJ Miller describes it, he looks like an avocado had sex with a much older avocado. Uh, <laughs> he's like he's like Freddy Krueger fucked a topographical map of Utah. <laughs> oh my gosh, do they just like riff on that oh, for a couple yes. minutes? Oh, I, just I like can't. as many things. Yes. Can't wait for the Blu-ray. Uh-huh. We're gonna get so many more. Okay, so he's a walking tumor. All right. Yes. Yep. So he still he still looks like Ryan part. Reynolds. Right. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> pretty much. Although disfigured Ryan Reynolds. All right. So the tumor. Ryan Reynolds shaped tumor. Got it. All right. This this yeah. organization is gonna keep him in bondage for the rest of his life. Use him to kill their targets through mind control. He doesn't like that. So he burns down the facility and he escapes. But the guy who is in charge of his torture, who he hates and wants to kill, Francis claims that he has the only possible cure for his hideousness. So Deadpool's motivation throughout this film is to find Francis so that he can get his face all pretty again, so that he can get back together with Vanessa, who he doesn't want to contact because she's afraid that she'll react poorly to his hideous state. You got all that? Uh, yep. <laughs> yep. That's, that's backstory, okay? So uh, that's not what you're going to be writing about. What you're going to be oh, writing right. about... Throwing this... <laughs> Throwing that away. <laughs> uh, what you're going to be writing about is the time where Deadpool is hunting the people in Francis's organization, Ajax as he's called, to get info that will lead him to Francis. Okay? So this is a time that's hinted at. We see little bits of it. It's a montage. montage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a montage. But, uh, so Ajax is the name of the, the organization? The bad no, guys? A- no, Ajax is the name of the bad guy. Okay. So Ajax, also known as Francis. Ajax is this guy's preferred name because he also has the the sort of mutant abilities and that he's super strong and he can't feel any pain. Like in the Uh, world is not enough. Yeah. So that's Ajax. But Deadpool, because he's clever, finds out that his name is Francis. Ajax, don't like being called Francis. It doesn't matter because you're not going to see. We better not see this guy. In this, uh, in this sham fiction of yours, he can be hinted oh. at. But okay. the the thing that we're trying to get you to do is focus on that time before he tracks down Francis. Mm-hmm. This is a montage where he's got a basically he's he's got a map with pictures of people. He's got he's got string, colored string, and pins on a map connecting Your classic the people mob to each chart other. Where you're trying exactly. to figure out who the kingpin mm-hmm. is, who's mm-hmm. the guy on top. And this is what uh, he's trying to do. He goes after and kills several people that we see briefly. We don't know anything about him. The assignment is to pick one of those and focus on on that assignment, if you so choose. We're not going to say you have to do that, but that's a suggestion. But if okay. you, you want to get a rank above a one, you yeah. know, it would be Gosh, would be you guys are... <laughs> it could also so... be a story set within that context, Maybe there's not any, I don't know, maybe there's not murder, but this is Deadpool, and his job is murdering. He is the merc with a mouth, so the maybe, with the mouth. maybe he should do some merkin. Maybe he should do some mouthin'. <laughs> some merkin? Some merkin. <laughs> that's something else. Uh, maybe that'll be bonus points. Maybe if there's a merkin in this. Um. <laughs> okay, I'm going to write that down. Merkin in this. Uh, look it up, listeners. And it's good, it's good. <laughs> you won't regret it. Look up the Wikipedia. Do it at school. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, because there are so many ways that you can go in this movie, we just want to give you something to focus on and really get to the heart of the character and the tone of this piece. Okay. So there are a couple important things about this period that we discussed. One, he's trying to find out information on Francis. So you can draw on any tropes, any... Uh, history of organized crime that you know about put that in there enforcement goons that kind of thing two sometime during this event like we said this is in the x-men universe he gets to know the x-men 
specifically Colossus. Yeah. Who, who in this version, uh, <laughs> in this version, Colossus is not a small teenager. He is like eight feet tall, giant, burly Russian man, and he stays in metal <laughs> form the entire time. Mm-hmm. Oh man, he don't care who knows it. Yeah. So when we see him in the movie, Colossus hints back and he says, "You know, we've asked you to join the X Men before, Deadpool. You can be so much more than this murderer. Clean up your language. Clean up your act. We want to see possibly uh, how that." introduction was made and what some of their history is together yeah we don't get to see that in the film they mm-hmm. they already know each other they have uh, somewhat of a relationship though it is it is a contentious relationship the and but we just don't know how that came about and the fantastic thing the thing i love about colossus andrew is that he is more of a boy scout than captain america yeah. This oh guy, this guy uh, is so clean. He doesn't like the the swear words. He he's all about doing what is right. It's all about the honorable action. And Deadpool is the polar opposite of that. So they <laughs> yeah. don't exactly get on. But uh, but Colossus, he sees the good in everybody. He's trying his damnedest to get Deadpool to join the X Men because the X Men are a righteous organization. Right. And Colossus completely impervious to harm, so it makes it a lot easier to have the moral high ground when you don't have to worry about your actions having any re- negative physical ramifications for yourself. Right. Whereas Deadpool is uh, completely pervious to harm, <laughs> which I, I assume is the opposite of impervious. Yes. Uh, but he can <laughs> just heal from anything, so it's like it doesn't even matter. All right, so okay. we'll, we'll get more into the specifics of Deadpool and his attitude and how sure. that'll work into your fiction in a second. But I want to introduce two more characters, and that'll be it. We're only giving you four characters this time. Isn't that amazing? It's light uh, lean. So oh. there's Blind Al, who is <laughs> Deadpool's roommate. Blind Al? Blind Al, yes. Yep. She's an elderly woman who is a former cocaine addict. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and as her name would suggest, she's blind. She's blind as hell. And she's Deadpool's roommate. And it's very, very funny and cruel and probably <laughs> offensive in ways that it shouldn't be. Uh-huh. Uh, part of their arrangement is that she does things like the assembling of the Ikea furniture for the apartment. Yeah. Oh, my god. But goodness. she's blind. You can yeah. imagine how that goes. Oh, I want to see it. And, and I'll Death's describe Deadpool, them in detail. Deadpool will constantly insult her, but she'll throw it right back at him as well. Okay. So Uh, so their relationship is all about uh, running each other down. Mm -hmm. But there, there is some some weird love there. I think mostly on the part of Deadpool. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But it's pretty. It's nasty. It's yeah. yeah, They they don't say nice things to each other. No. Okay. (laughs) Uh, And then the other guy we talked about briefly earlier is Weasel, who owns the dive bar where all the shady types hang out and might be connections to organized crime there. That's Deadpool's best friend. And could kind of be serving as your introductory character, you know, at the start of a mission. Here, I got this lead, or I need some advice, come to this guy. And he's just T.J. Miller through and through. Very funny, very jokey, kind of stonery. And that's uh, one of the characters who you should probably consider featuring in this. Yeah. And this bar is a good location to, mm-hmm. to, to feature even a little bit because it is, it is just where the mercenaries hang out. Yeah. It is everybody in this bar has uh, Weasel's back, which, which you get to see in a, a nice moment in the film. Because they're all these tough dudes. And at the center of it all is just is TJ Miller, you know, the not intimidating biker guy. But it's, it, it works out. Okay, so is it like a safe zone, the bar, for like the mercs? They kind of like respect the space, or not really? Nah. They respect the bar owner. Yeah, but they tear up the place pretty much regularly. Okay. Uh, One of the fun things about the bar is that that's where the name Deadpool comes from, because above the bar there is a chalkboard that Mm. features the name of every, all of the regulars at the bar, and it is the Deadpool itself. It is the pool... Uh, where people bet money on the next one of them to die. Right. And hilariously, uh, <laughs> because they're mercenaries, they go out and they are likely to encounter death in their profession. So, so they bet if, on who's next. Yeah, so if Wade Wilson is the next one to die, then somebody will win the Deadpool because right. they betted on Wade Wilson. 
Which, hilariously, Weasel did bet on Wade Wilson, and yep. now he's immortal. So yep. <laughs> never going to pay off. Uh, all right, let's talk about Deadpool. Deadpool, yeah. you've seen his uh, promos, so you know he kind of looks like he has a Spider-Man suit with uh, mm-hmm. black eyes, or black eye outlines and white eyes. Yep. Um, he has two katanas as his primary weapons, but he will load himself down with guns, and he has perfect accuracy with the guns. Uh, but he will be very, very violent and bloody with those katanas. Dismemberment mm-hmm. is on the table. It's it's almost uh, table stakes, <laughs> as we say. Yeah. People are going to lose some parts if Deadpool gets near them. Feel free to turn someone into a fucking kebab, <laughs> as Deadpool yeah. would say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so lots of dismemberment. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, they don't explain why in the film. Uh, in the comics, it's because his condition has pushed on his brain. But Deadpool is aware that he's in a film or that he's in a comic. So he is constantly breaking the fourth wall. And when you're writing this, Deadpool needs to be aware that, one, he's in a movie right now that's written better than what you're writing. And two, he's currently in a piece of sham fiction. Yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. that's amazing. That, that has to be in there. Deadpool knows he's in a sham fiction. Yeah. So Deadpool, <laughs> and you can do this in first person or third person with the sides, your choice, but he will comment to the audience. He sort of serves as a narrator. And it was so funny because he's just constantly making jokes about the state of the superhero movies in America today. Uh, <laughs> at one point, Colossus says that he's going to take him back to the <laughs> to see Professor X and Deadpool says, which one, McAvoy or Stewart? Oh my goodness, really? <laughs> yeah. It's so confusing to him. Oh uh, my goodness, that's crazy. Of course. Yeah. And this else. is now, wait a second, even yeah. though you said that this is this is kind of inconsistent, is this considered canon oh, with yeah. the X-Men? That's ridiculous. That's yeah. it's breaking all the rules. It's so, so funny. This this movie, it's it's... I mean, I'm excited for you to see it, but I'm even more excited for you to write it. Uh, <laughs> but very aware and very uh, meta in its commentary. Mm-hmm. Okay, meta. Lots of pop culture drops. What, what oh, else yes. about Deadpool? He's very violent, Eric. Well, he's um, he's. Uh, it's hard to describe him. He masturbates he, a lot. That's, yeah, that's a pretty constant he, thing. He's not a good person, um, but he's always cheerful. We'll give him that. And that he always seems happy to uh, to get in in horrible shenanigans. Um, uh, it's hard to say. He's irreverent. He's he doesn't give a shit about what anybody says. He's basically immortal, so nothing he does really has ultimate consequences in the way that it would for a normal person. Because he could do something, uh, he'd go out of his way to insult somebody, even though he knows he's going to get an arm chopped off, and he'll do it. You know, because he yeah. can grow that arm back. Or whatever it is. Or he's going to be shot or... Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like he can deal with it. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he'll go out of his way, even if it means he's going to suffer pain and bodily harm, if it means that he can make a good wisecrack or make a good joke or something. Very how childish. Fast, how fast does he heal? Like, if he gets an arm chopped off... How fast does that grow back? Well, this is this is um I don't know how spoilery this is, but Deadpool does. We don't want to say why, but he loses yeah, a limb. At one he point. loses a hand, so like wrist wrist uh, down is gone. I don't want to tell. I don't. I don't want to spoil how it regrows. Eric, oh no, 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 I think that's I too funny. But it, it does happen in a certain amount of time. Within I don't know a day, it's back. Yeah. So if okay. he gets if he gets shot through, it's going to heal in a matter of. A minute, you know, if he loses a body part, it may take a day or two, depending on how severe of a body part it is. Right. Okay. Yeah, so, while, I don't know if Deadpool's a full-on sociopath, he's he's very uh, not caring about the killing of people who are in this organization that wronged him, but I don't think that he would go and kill just general bystanders. That's not something that would be part of his character. And that's established yeah. when he's working as a mercenary before he becomes Deadpool. Yeah, and he goes out of his way a bit to to tell people that he's not a good guy. You know, mm-hmm. I am I am definitely one of the bad guys. But it, they also establish pretty clearly that he's got a heart of gold. He's got a soft spot for the downtrodden. 
So he's not he's he's an anti-hero, but he is still a hero. Okay. Well, I suppose you said that like Colossus is drawn to him, and that means something. That means something exactly. Yeah. And because it's made five hundred million dollars, he will be in every X Men movie ever now. It's made more yeah. than any of the other X Men movies, guys. I want to stress that this this That's... tiny movie made more than Days of Future Past, but made that, more uh... than X Two, X Men United, or X Three, <laughs> X Men: The Last Stand, or X Men: Origins Wolverine, or The Wolverine, <laughs> or X Men: First Class. Uh, or X-Men. Or just X-Men. I think that's it. <laughs> that's all of them. I think you got them all. You did good. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, so maybe more than all of those. The tropes I, I want to talk about, things that I'd like to see to make this really feel like Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, breaking the fourth wall, being mm-hmm. aware of the budget and re- constraints of the piece is really key. Okay, so, aware of budget. Yeah, in, in the film... <laughs> The only X-Men that they have show up are Colossus and this uh, new character, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, who shouldn't be in your piece because she comes into it later. Uh, she's excellent. But, you know, they, they can't afford to have other X-Men, so they'll make jokes about that yeah. frequently. Uh, so if you do include Colossus, um, it should probably be pretty clear why they can't afford to have other X-Men there. Right. <laughs> I like that a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um he, he has this weird obsession with childlike franchises. He's really into Hello Kitty. At one point, he's shown wearing an Adventure Time watch. So yeah. that's just a character quirk that you could work in. Okay. Uh, they make a big point about how ugly he is. That's, that's a big trope in the film. The healing being used nonchalantly. Absolutely. All things that I Does he wear his outfit, like, all the time? All the or time. Or is it... He does. Like, yep. even if he's at like home, does he wear the outfit? Or he'll take yeah. off the mask if he's at home, but he's still wearing the whole getup. If he's ever outside of home, he's wearing the mask. Well, um, when he's at home, it it's only friends. with blind Al, right? Yeah, so exactly. She sure. she can't see him, and I think that's part of why he feels comfortable with that. Okay, exactly. but at she the at the see. bar at the bar, he's in full getup. Oh yeah, yep. If he's out in the world, he's in full getup. Yes, sir. Yeah, and so hyper-violence, uh, you know, lots of strippers and hookers in this. <laughs> you don't yeah, have to factor that lot. into this. That's true. But really, any excuse to get uh, to get breasts on the screen, I think, they went for. Yeah. So you can put some some of those, I guess, in this. I don't know how it'll translate to sham fiction, but, you know, you can So, yeah, we, we, we gave you the setting. This needs to be a hard R, Andrew. So you need to have the language, the violence, your choice on the nude. First thing I wrote... Before you even got started was lots of blood, tits, and swears. There you, there go. you go. Why did we even spend the last 20 minutes talking about this? <laughs> Guys, that's what I mean. I was out of here. I was gone. All right. All right. So, so do, you, do you want to sum it, it up before we give you a bonus? Really points? quick, where does this take place? Oh, what uh, city? New York, I guess. Yeah, it would does be. Does it ever he's, say? He's in like running distance of Xavier's school, so I guess it's New York. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't matter, clearly, since we didn't even know. Right. Okay. I mean, it's, it's definitely not shot there. in New York. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, and Deadpool himself is Canadian. He's from uh, Regina, uh, Saskatchewan. Regina, Saskatchewan. Oh, yeah. gosh, of course. Yep. Because it uh, rhymes with things. <laughs> like what? Explain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good phase, Andrew. It's good. It's good radio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so All right. why don't you are you break guys it ready down? for this to be? Are we ready for the sum please. up? I think get we're ready on for with the it, sum up, please. All right, this is Deadpool. He's the merc with the mouth. Lots of blood, tits, and swears, and yep. it's funny and low budget. Um, so this is set in the X Men verse. His name is Wade Wilson, former Spec Ops, and now he's a big Ryan Reynolds shaped walking tumor. Um, <laughs> Uh, he got his powers through torture and this organization that he's now hunting down the people involved and trying to get his revenge uh, before, and also turn back into a normal guy, into a real boy, so he can get married to the love of his life. Um, he knows Colossus, who's a big eight-foot Russian man with metal uh, <laughs> all around, or made of metal. Um, and Colossus is a good guy and thinks that you know, Deadpool, he's an A-OK guy. He'll be okay. He'll, he should join the X-Men, but Deadpool won't have it. He is not a good person. He's wisecracking. 
he's okay with dismembering folks. Um, <laughs> very violent, violent man. Uh, other characters are Blind Al, the elderly woman he lives with who was a coke addict and is blind. Uh, <laughs> and then there's Weasel who owns the bar where all the mercs hang out. It's the merc bar, I guess. He's, he's uh, Deadpool's best friend. Um, man, just breaking the fourth wall, killing yep. people masturbating um <laughs> regenerating maybe both of those things at the same time <laughs> yeah. uh, man this is like so open to like whatever uh, yeah, so we'll see how this goes <laughs> you, you get the character of deadpool right and that's key if you bring in colossus get his character right as well heavy russian accent and yep, that's all you yep, really russian. need i'll underline that yeah all so right. So let's, uh, I guess, bonus points. Let's tell you some things that we specifically want to see. And I'll begin here. Uh, I think what I want to see would be the best injury that Deadpool sustains. So you will get more points for creative injuries that Deadpool suffers. This could be okay. uh, interesting uh, gunshot wounds, interesting dismemberments, uh, interesting run-ins with other sharp and deadly objects. I don't know. Be creative. Make me proud. Okay, and injuries to him. Yeah. Yes? Yep. Okay. He has to suffer the injury. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Marcus. All right, so as for my bonus points, throughout, I, I want to see that meta-commentary on superhero movies and tropes, but there are two specific bonus points I'm going to give you. That's right, two what? So, oh my goodness. The first is the best cameo from Stan Lee. I want Stan <laughs> to cameo in your sham fiction. Yes. All right. Because this is a, a movie from Marvel. And the second is that, keeping with that theme, this wouldn't be a Marvel flick if it didn't have a post credit scene. <gasps> so I want uh, I want a post credit scene. <gasps> a coda? Sham fiction. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. That's so yeah. good. Post. Oh my gosh! Uh, I'm not gonna ask how it's gonna work. It's just gonna work. Yep, it's it's just gonna work. Post credits. <laughs> All, All right, right, guys. Anything else before I get to get in here? You uh, get out of here. Oh wait, wanna, Eric's got do we something. I want to say, uh, if you want, you could have a cameo from another uh, member of the X Men universe, right? Is that yeah. within? Yeah, you've bounds? got you've got one more X Men that you can afford in your budget. Yeah, so let's say okay. you can, exactly what but Marcus not, just said. But not like Wolverine. He'd be too expensive. Oh, it has Hugh to, Jackman. You can't afford yeah. him. Yeah. So, you know, an X-Men, but maybe not one of the top X-Men. They, they're a little too expensive. But that's an option. You don't need to do mm-hmm. this, but it's on the table. You got a little extra dough to spend All on right. a good camera. I can have one more X-Men, or X-Man, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not a good one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, guys. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to write this. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are, too. Have fun. See you in a bit. Hey, Sham listeners. If you like the show, there are two things you can do that will really help us out. The first is subscribe. You'll get a new episode every week in 2016 without fail. That's our pledge to you. And that will be delivered automatically to your device. Beyond that, you could really help us out by writing a review. Let other people know what the show's about, what your experience has been. And if it's positive, all the better. If you don't feel like you can write a positive review, think about it as a writing challenge. You think you're better than us? Write a sham fiction of a good review. Make us believe that you believe in us. I know you can do it. Anyway, thanks for listening. Alright, while Andrew is off composing Deadpool or maybe drawing pictures, whatever he's doing, let's talk a little bit about what we expect to see in his story. Eric, Uh, what are your thoughts? uh, What do I expect to see? Yeah. Um, Well, gore, obviously. I I, I hope he hits my bonus point. I mean, I think we, we usually do pretty good with the bonus points. Yeah. Uh, so having a good good dismemberment or like just something that really makes me feel the pain would be great. Um, but I also really want to see an X Man in this. An X Man who's not Colossus, right? And I don't exactly know who to expect. I feel like we kind of gave him a a uh, we sort of forbade him from doing Wolverine, but I wouldn't put it past him to include any of the other main characters from like the '90s X Men cartoon. Oh gosh, what so, if like, he had Jubilee? <laughs> Jubilee would be amazing because that is like just off 
like it's it's just outside of the mainstream enough that it would work yeah. for Deadpool. Like I could see them getting Jubilee. Like if they can't get Wolverine, they can get Jubilee. Sure. Uh, so it's like either that or like Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> or Morph? What about Morph? <laughs> oh god, wait, what's Morph? I honestly, who's Morph? Morph was, he's like male mystique except he's not blue normal, he's just a, a white dude uh? he, he was in the first episode of the X-Men animated show and that was it Wow. <laughs> it's just, just Morph and then you, he's, he's gone you know, it's funny though I, I don't actually know if Andrew has ever seen the 90s X-Men show I just assume because you know, how do you miss that when you're when you're our age but, yeah, eh what do you yeah, uh, what do you predict? Broadcast. Well, I'm gonna predict that since Deadpool breaks the fourth wall, Andrew's gonna have a little fun with us specifically. So I think that Deadpool is going to name check sham fiction at a minimum. But oh, yeah. probably personally insult either you, me, or the people we care about, our mothers, our families, what have you. Sure. That'd be yeah. fun. I yeah, like I think that. I think that sounds like the kind of thing Deadpool would do. Feel like he's been put in a second class podcast and make fun of his host a little bit. I mean, if he doesn't do that, he's got to at least make fun of himself, or rather, Deadpool will make fun of Andrew. In yeah, this. so I, I would take that too. So secret bonus points is any direct reference to one of the three people hosting Sham Fiction. Sounds awesome. All right, well, let's bring him in. Bros, I'm back. <laughs> hey, how's it going, I've, Andrew? I I've had a, a a jolly good time over the last few minutes writing this. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> oh, All good right, start. I'm sold. Off to a good start. Let's let's do this thing. You guys, you're ready, huh? Ready oh. ready to listen to listen to this little thing? Oh, I'm so ready. I've been waiting this all. Trifle? I've been waiting like impatiently all minutes that you were gone <laughs> it hasn't been days but those minutes have been long long the minutes, minutes have felt like days yeah because i'm so excited that deadpool is going to be a guest now on sham fiction <laughs> all right uh, andrew why don't you give us your maximum effort oh <laughs> maximum effort <laughs> I assume that you're quoting a movie I haven't seen, so well, I'm just yeah. gonna keep going. Um, all right. aliens. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Nailed aliens. Alright, let's do this. You ready? Alright, yes. here we go. This is This is uh Andrew Neal's Deadpool. Let's begin. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> because it never starts. I mean, it, it's gonna start. It's starting it's right. Now, <laughs> So let me just start by saying everything was going great before the dragon, and that absolutely none of the blame for said dragon should ultimately be placed on me, okay? No, that was all Colossus's fault. You see, I planned the shit out of Weasel's birthday party. I spent like two hours on it. I walked into Spencer's Gifts, signed a few autographs for some ugly overweight teenagers, and walked out with one of every weed-themed party favor in the joint without paying a dime. Please note, there were multiple weed puns in that sentence. My brother Weasel loves the ganj! I also invited everyone, booked catering from Kadoba, hired a pair of particularly chesty strippers to serve drinks all night, and ordered a Dairy Queen, Dairy Queen ice cream cake with an edible photo of Weasel and me hugging it out on top. It was all goddamn perfect. And then two things happened. First, and I'm sure you're painfully aware of this already, this is a fucking sham fiction. The guy who's telling this story, Drew Nielsen or whatever, doesn't even know who I am. He hasn't read my popular series of Marvel comics, nor has he seen my massive hit movie. It's only the, mes- the most successful X-Men movie ever, Mr. Nielsen. Not good enough for you, huh? So yeah, I apologize in advance on behalf of this shithead writer. This isn't good enough for you, for me, or for my beloved Wheeze. <laughs> Secondly... Colossus showed up to the party with an unwelcome plus two. Shortly after he showed up, 
I pulled him aside near the bathrooms at the back of the bar. What the fuck, Collie? I whisper yelled. <laughs> what is matter, Deadpool? He asked like an idiot. <laughs> what is matter? I repeated, only angrier. Look who you brought with you. Ooh, he replied. Maggot? He gestured to a booth across the bar where a pasty white mutant named Maggot sat alone. He was in the midst of gagging up his second maggot stomach creature thing, while the first <laughs> nibbled on a Kadoba burrito bowl on the table. Sir, he's a bit gross, Colossus continued, <laughs> but he has good heart, like you. He smiled at me like an idiot. <laughs> I'm not talking about him, man, I said. I'm talking about her. I pointed dramatically. Colossus turned to look. What's wrong, what's wrong with Vange? He replied. When he turned back to me, I met him with a glare. Dude, when she sees blood, she turns into a giant fire-breathing dragon. Colossus blinked like an idiot. Da, there is that. But do not worry, this friendly party, no blood will be spilled. And then he leaned very close and added... Right? <laughs> I don't know how Colossus does it, but he can always read me, even through my mask. It wasn't like I was acting suspicious by pulling him aside and reprimanding him for, be for bringing an uninvited guest who just might ruin my secret agenda for the evening. I immediately perked up. Of course, I said. Then I gave him a chummy slap on the shoulder, which hurt my hand, ow, and I escaped <laughs> into the crowd. May I confide in you for a second, dear listeners? Okay, cool. <laughs> my motivations behind throwing this party were partly selfish. Yes, I love my little wheezy cakes and want him to have the best time. But I am a very busy adult with many important things to do. I can't just take a night off. I have to find Francis. So, I did the responsible thing and anonymously invited one of his cohorts to Weasel's birthday bash with the intention of torturing him for information and eventually killing him. But now... The likelihood of that happening was kaput, because Colossus brought along Vange fucking Whedon, aka Crazy Dragon Lady, aka Ruiner of Everything. <laughs> I glared at her through the crowd. She was talking it to another guest at, of all places, the table with the ice cream cake. She was helping herself to a piece as she spoke. You better not take the weasel face piece, you fire-breathing bitch, I thought. I called dibs. <laughs> then, as if on cue, I heard a beautiful voice call out, Deadpool! I immediately, immediately, my vitriol evaporated. I turned and splayed my arms. Wheezy! I called back as we shared epic programs. The birthday boy was here. You really outdid yourself, pal, Wheezy said as, he, as we detached from our sweet embrace. He began gesturing around the room. The cannabis leaf string lights, the Cheech and Chong posters, the ice cream cake. Tonight is all about you, baby, I said to my best friend in the whole wide world while scanning the room for Francis's man. You know, while I'm thinking about it, let's go get some of that cake, Weasel said. He began to lead me through the crowd. It's going to taste so good. I just smoked a bowl in the back room with, like, a 90-year-old man who wore big sunglasses indoors. He smiled at me the whole time and talked about how he created the X-Men. It was fucking wild, man! Uh-huh, yeah, I said absently. While I was surveying the room, I saw no sign of my target. However, as we approached the cake table, I did see the bane of my evening. Hey, Deadpool, she said. Oh. Hey, Vange, I replied without any attempt to hide my contempt. What's your problem? She asked. I looked down at the plate in her hand upon which sat a half-eaten piece of ice cream cake. I could make out the remainder of the image on top. Weasel's left ass cheek. How dare she take such a key piece? I see you're helping yourself, I said with some serious sass. Um, yeah, she replied with matching sass. The sign says to... She pointed to the stupid sign I created earlier, which stated, Please help yourself. <laughs> well, I began, Just be careful. We wouldn't want you to melt the ice cream cake, which also stands as a very heartfelt symbol of the tight bond of friendship between and love between two heterosexual men. <laughs> Saved you my face piece! 
Weasel exclaimed from behind me. <laughs> Thanks, babe! <laughs> I replied over my shoulder. Van shook her head. If you keep your cool and those swords, those swords sheathed... That's hard to say. Those swords sheathed... You have nothing to worry about, she assured. By the way, do you know Yuri? Oh no, I thought. It can't be. Vange tapped the shoulder of the man behind her, and he turned around. Yep, sure as shit. It was Francis's man, Yuri Kilimov. He immediately recognized me and reached inside his jacket. I reacted by reaching back and grabbing the hilt of my right katana. I pulled the blade out of its sheath and brought it down in one sweeping motion. A moment later, the bloody end of Yuri's arm hit the ground with a wet thud. Before I had a chance to drop an awesome one-liner... The pistol clutched in the hand at the other end of Yuri's arm hit the ground and discharged, hitting Vange in the foot. She cried out in pain and collapsed to the ground. Her half-eaten piece of ice cream cake with the partial image of Weasel's ass fell into a puddle of Yuri's blood on the floor. Yuri, meanwhile, was screaming out in agony and confusion like most men do when they lose a limb. <laughs> well, shit, I said out loud. I sighed and turned to Weasel, who glared at back at me as best as he could given how stony he was. We gotta get out of here, man. Why? He asked as he angrily took a bite of ice cream cake. <laughs> I heard a low growl rumble behind me. I slowly turned and or turned around to look at Vange, who was staring at the blood on the floor as her hands began to transform into claws. She snarled and whipped her head around to face me. Her eyes were now glowing bright red. I nonchalantly turned back to Weasel. Because this lady's about to turn into a big fucking fire-breathing dragon and burn us all to death. <laughs> then Vange roared, and the bar erupted into panic, and Weasel's birthday party came to an abrupt end. By the way, I added before running to the exit, this was all Colossus's fault. <laughs> the end. Roll credits. Special thanks. No animals were harmed. Filmed in Georgia. Yada, yada, yada. And thus, the coda. I never thought wind could hurt so much. Then again, when your entire body is covered in third-degree burns and you're not dead, everything hurts. <laughs> the breeze felt like hundreds of knives lacerating every inch of my body. I looked at my arm. My suit had been burned away completely, and I could see the white of bone peeking through my charred and melting flesh. My Adventure Time watch was gone from my wrist. Either that, or it had melted down and become one with it. So, given the intolerable pain... Loss of my favorite watch, and ruination of my best friend's birthday party earlier that evening? You might be wondering. Hey, Deadpool, why weren't you freaking out? Well, that part's simple. Because I was riding through the night on the back of a giant motherfucking dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Let it burn, Vanjie baby! I called out to my noble steed. Upon command, she reared her head and sent a pillar of fire roaring into the sky. I laughed in delight. It was like a 14-year-old nerd's wet dream. Deadpool riding on the back of a giant dragon. I am the Khaleesi! I bellowed as Vanish flapped her massive wings, and we soared off into the night. How's that for a fucking coat of Marvel fans? <laughs> Oh, yay! You delivered! Oh, that makes me quite happy. Oh, good lord. Well you know, done, buddy. Yeah. Hey, thanks. That, yeah, the whole set, I mean, I, there, there are some questionable things going on in this story, but sure. all the setup, all the, you could have done anything as long as you ended it with that coda, and it would have yes. been gold. So, good job. Fantastic. I am the Khaleesi. Deadpool riding a dragon. Holy what, crap. What I love about that is putting Deadpool in a situation where he's intentionally doing something stupid because it's cool. So uh -huh. he's putting his body in harm's way just to do something awesome. Which... And that is something he constantly does in this film. He, uh -huh. <laughs> like the opening scene is one of my favorites. He talks about how he has a limited number of bullets left. And then he just shoots a corpse five times because he's angry. <laughs> yup. Just, just doing stupid things because it makes him happy. I love it. Yeah, it's perfect. Good, good. You did it. You did it. 
Um, I, I did something. <laughs> you <laughs> did something. Uh, it, it made me very happy too because you you called yourself out sort of in this, um, which is great. Which is actually something Marcus uh, predicted in our little prediction segment. Secret that you bonus would do. points. Secret bonus points acquired. Uh, oh, that uh, that I was going to mention myself. Yes. Well, you were going to personally attack one of the three hosts of Sam Sham Fiction. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I did. I gotta say too. Uh, I liked your Ryan Reynolds voice. Uh, yeah, that's I thought pretty it solid. worked. Uh, I didn't like your T.J. Miller voice because <laughs> what the fuck, man? But you know that's fine. I was. That's trying. a hard voice I, to do, though. I was trying. I I can't do it. I don't yeah. have rasp in my voice at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was. Just... I, I just. I went for it. I was picturing like a very very small, very wrinkled. Like used like car salesman. <laughs> oh, that's at least good. he was no, smoking I, I, I weed. Just, with, I had to go for something. <laughs> at least he was smoking weed with Stanley in the back. Uh, <laughs> solid. Uh, yeah, fantastic. So yeah, so I think there are lots <laughs> of good things you did here. There are <laughs> one thing that I had to point out for the listeners at home is that, and I, I hope this was intentional. You can speak to this. There seemed to be a lot of inside jokes for the three of us that were in this story. <laughs> what, uh, please, like, please like say specific ones. Referencing the Cards Against Humanity, busy being an adult, doing important adult things card that yeah. we, we yeah. like a lot. That's uh, funny. Okay. Calling the women chesty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that one, yes. Inter- Interlinked <laughs> gone a while ago. Uh All the bro grabs. They're just, they're, they're probably more. I, those were the few that I wrote down. Uh, I noticed a I few thought. extra ones as well. <laughs> yeah. So is that an intentional thing? And those are just things I like to say, I guess. So uh, <laughs> I put them in there. <laughs> good. Oh, my God. Well, uh, tell us about writing this. Because oh my goodness. this was something, something else. I want to hear about it. Okay, so this was definitely the fastest uh, writing sit-down for me of any Shamfic so far. Yeah, you it said it was me. just a couple minutes, right? Yep, yep, yep. Exactly. Um, Do you no, mean fastest just, it, in terms of how long it took you to write it when you were yeah, sitting Yeah, it just kind of, it all just kind of came out. Um, I I knew I wanted, the idea of him doing something kind of banal and silly was the first thing that popped into my head rather than doing like a big fight scene or like action beat. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted it to be ridiculous. I wanted to use his voice. I was never going to write from any other perspective, nor was I going to write in third person. I wanted to write in his voice. Um, So it just kind of felt good. I don't know if this is a good representation of his voice. This is kind of what I feel, given that it's Ryan Reynolds. I was a big Van Wilder fan back in high school. Um, So... I kind of had an idea of his cadence, um, which I'm guessing carries over into this film. Um, so Very much I think, so. I think that's just, you know, kind of because it's been with me for so long, I just kind of fell into it. Um, but yeah, the idea of doing this like stupid, shitty birthday party <laughs> yeah. like, was, I don't know, it just kind of came naturally from it because I just, I also really like the idea because I personally love TJ Miller. But I just like the idea of them just being, like, total, like, gaga for each other. Like, they're just such good friends that they just hug and they call each other pet names all the time. (laughs) I just wanted to create a really sweet little bromance between these two guys. Uh What were some of the challenges? The challenges of this? Yeah. Oh, and I I think I might have succumbed to this one. It was... I was afraid of just getting too carried away with the voice to kind of bypass anything actually happening, <laughs> which is kind of what happened. Um, I I knew that I didn't want to do, again, do anything like really big action, uh, in a big action beat. Um, I wanted to lead up to a moment like that. But yeah, just trying to reconcile the voice and the... Um, you know all the funny stuff, the you know his witty banter, his asides, his stuff like that. Trying to find a balance between that and actually telling a story and mm-hmm. building character and 
just doing anything <laughs> other than that <laughs> was really difficult. And I'll kind of leave it. I'll, I'm really interested to see what you guys think if I if there's anything out of this piece other than just me saying a bunch of funny things in Deadpool voice um, that worked, if it worked kind of as a as a setup, as some sort of a story with a journey. So. Well, I think uh, the voice really was the centerpiece here. Um, so in a way, I think you're right that you did kind of let that take over and was a, a little maybe too much. Uh, but then again, it's like I was finding myself conflicted because on the one hand... Uh, I wanted to maybe get to the story a little faster so I could see what was going to come up. I mean, you, you had this set up at the beginning about a dragon. I, got, I had to see where that went. Um, but at the same time, I, I was kind of a relief when you rolled credits when you did because for whatever reason... I was like, oh, gosh, plot and action sound exhausting right now, and I just want to hear Deadpool talk. And, <laughs> uh, and that's what we got. You skipped, you skipped the boring parts for us, and you cut right to the dragon. So that's always good. Marcus, what did you think? Yeah, I, I think the, the story here was one of the weaker ones that you've done. Uh, the setup was interesting because you were nailing the voice, and that made this whole thing a lot of fun, even though the story wasn't as strong. Mm-hmm. But you set up immediately the dragon is Colossus's fault. And then we immediately find out that there's the woman who turns into a dragon that Colossus brought. So that yeah. that suspense is just gone. And then the interaction between Vange and Deadpool just wasn't very interesting to me. Okay. Uh, I thought that the joke about the cake and wanting the part that has his face and the ass being the intimate part... That, that was fun, but there wasn't a real back and forth to the conversation with Vange, and there wasn't much of this power dynamic or struggle in the scene. So I, I just felt less engaged there. Uh, the okay. scene with Colossus was great, and stuff with Weez was great, but the overall plot, that, that conflict, didn't work for me. Uh, I would have loved to see Deadpool's craziness in contrast to the party planning, because he had this very banal thing in planning this party, and that was hilarious. Which is like, inaccurate, right? I mean, he does that sort of shit in the comics, like, all the time. Yeah, exactly. Well, he, And he gets obsessed with something, and in his weird version of events, it's it makes sense. So, yeah. like, he, he could hack someone open and be like, they're a pinata! And that <sighs> would be perfectly acceptable in his mind, and just horrify everyone around him. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I wanted to see more of that. I wanted to see the middle of this piece have some weight and just heighten the insanity, heighten the humor of it. But I felt like we were taking off boxes there. Okay. No, that's fair. Um, the that was something. It's funny that you said like the uh, adding that bit about Vange being Vange's powers in that beginning part, kind of took away the tension of the scene. Yeah, it kind of diffused it. Man, I added that in later because I didn't think it was clear enough what the stakes were. You know, like, again, like, I say at the front that there's a dragon, Mm -hmm. but then I bring in these characters and I say what Maggot does, and then I say what... I I didn't say what Vange did. I just kind of had to be, like, Deadpool saying, Colossus, you know what she does, right? And him going, oh, don't worry about it. You know, I didn't think it was going to be clear enough what the stakes were. I don't know, because sure. the dragon bit is the only time it's mentioned at the beginning. And I tried having a few hints in there, but I was like, man, I just don't think the stakes are clear enough. So I added that in, but it seemed to kind of diffuse it in your eyes. Yeah, well, it, it, it diffused the suspense. And I didn't really think that there are real stakes because it's a Deadpool story, right? Sure. So Deadpool's not in trouble. I knew you weren't going to kill off Weasel. Colossus is invulnerable. There's no one that I care about that is going to be harmed by this dragon. Oh, that's a good point. (laughs) the, the fun thing is figuring out how Colossus is responsible for there being a dragon. And the understanding, he did get to this, that of course it's actually Deadpool's fault. That yeah. In his crazy mind, Colossus is responsible. But, uh, yeah, so that just robbed the inertia of the scene to me. Okay. No, that's that's interesting to know. <laughs> um, given so, that hey, something I added later. 
Yeah, quick question. Um, these these two mutants, the plus two, Maggot and Vange. You, yeah, those you invented those, right? No, those are real. Those are real. <laughs> yes, those I. Uh, real? You told me um, to that I could have X Men in this story as long as they were uh, shitty X Men. Ah, <laughs> that makes me happy. So uh. I went into the list of past X Men and found. One, the shittiest sounding X-Men I could possibly find, which was Maggot, Maggot, who's a guy that regurgitates these two Maggot creatures that can eat through everything. They're his Uh. digestive system. Uh. And I was like, that's awful. Uh. (laughs) And then I found Vange, which is Evangeline Whedon, and... (laughs) Like Joss Whedon. Yeah. I'm guessing she was named after him because she's from a like a newer run. Of the Long and, Island Whedons, I guess. <laughs> and she turned into a dragon. And I was like, what? That's a thing? So I decided to have this dragon be the conflict uh, of, you know, just like Deadpool's afraid that this dragon is going to destroy this party that he's throwing for his best friend. My yeah. God. I'm so disappointed in the Marvel Universe right now. Cause I well, it's good because I was disappointed in you, Andrew. But now, <laughs> but now I no, I'm just kidding. Um, that's fantastic. That's hilarious. That's so yeah. good because it's so bad. I'm glad that you did the research uh, there. Yeah, because those were ones I didn't even know about. I had the same question, Eric. Yeah, I mean, I the what I said in the the prediction segment was I hope we're gonna get. Uh, a good, some good X-Men cameos, and I had predicted that perhaps you would draw somebody from the 90s X-Men uh, cartoon, uh, and Marcus lit upon Jubilee. That, wouldn't it be great if he brought in Jubilee? But you didn't. I don't know who any of those people are. So you didn't Did you? watch the old X-Men TV show? <sighs> no, I did not. Where were you? What rock were you under? What? Uh, what? Didn't watch it. South Dakota. Nope. South Dakota. You failed. I'm not sure me. what that. What, what station was that on? The Fox <laughs> Network. It was Fox. <laughs> the Fox Kids. Uh, well, Fox Kids. I watch Fox Kids. I watch Digimon. <laughs> oh my God. You mean those digital monsters? <laughs> They're the champions, man. <laughs> Yay. Yay. All right, guys. Whee. I think we need uh, we need to do ratings. Yes. Yep. Let's do it. All right. I'll start. Um, yes. So. You got my bonus points. Best injury. He was, you know, just completely like melted on top of this dragon. So you get that's a that's a great bodily harm to come to Deadpool. So you By got dragon. that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see Jubilee, but that's okay. Um, I think for the cool factor of the cameo, or not the cameo, the cool factor of the coda, um, I got to give you a lot of points. I was a little disappointed that you didn't do the coda like literally after all of like our ratings and stuff like after our actual show is over <laughs> I, I wasn't sure how you're gonna do the coda but i was hoping it was gonna be something really meta like that but it was good it was good uh but i'm giving gonna give you i'm trying to figure out a good metric here uh god damn this is this is hard uh, I'm being oh oh Wolverine claws. You are getting three out of six Wolverine claws. Thank Whoa. you, Marcus, for the visual clue. Snicked, snicked. No, just one <laughs> snicked for you, buddy. Bub. No, <laughs> Bub. That's that's the deadliest rating we've ever given on this show. Oh, that's so deadly. <laughs> How about you, Marcus? All right. Yeah. So I think, and as I've been wont to do in these past few episodes as we get to summarizing, talking about where you came at this from a storytelling perspective, I, I loved the voice in it. I think you captured that. You made me laugh quite a lot. You got my secret bonus points. You got my normal bonus points. So those things were all good. But I think when you look at how you approach this, you could have seen that what was working was the fun of Deadpool just talking and providing color commentary. And when you tried to work that into a plot structure that was sort of separate from mm-hmm. that joke, that's when it slows down and gets out of trouble or gets into trouble. So instead of choosing a plot based on what could be an interesting scene for Deadpool and Weasel, if you would have picked a plot based on what's going to be the funniest thing Deadpool can comment on or the funniest situation he can be in, that would have really provided mm-hmm. a more solid foundation for approaching this type of story. Yeah, good thought. 
That's interesting. Because the scenes where you did do that, like the introduction, hilarious. The scene with Colossus, hilarious. The Coda, hilarious. The bromance, hilarious. Just when he when he tried to work in some sort of external force, and ironically, that's the problem with the Deadpool movie as well. Uh, the scenes that don't work in it are when you feel this. You know, maybe it's a studio hand, maybe it's just traditional storytelling logic push to tell the origin story. That's when this movie slows down. But when you've hmm. got Deadpool just cracking wise and being in a situation that only Deadpool could be in, it's the funniest movie I've seen in a long, long time. So you're not with a unique problem here. Yeah, <laughs> I guess Deadpool. You can't tell a story in Dead with Deadpool. <laughs> Is that I, what I think, you're saying? No, I think you can tell a story, but you got to tell a Deadpool story. You know, it's it's got to be a story where he kills the villain five seconds into the monologue. It's got to be a story where he has the opportunity to save the world and he lets it die because he's going to get a chimichanga instead. It's these <laughs> things that you would never expect out of a traditional hero. And just his break from reality has to provide the situational twist for the plot. That's what makes Deadpool so much fun. And that's where, like the, the dragon thing, why I love that so much. But all of this to say, you did a good job here. I'm going to give you 7 out of 10 polybagged variant covers of Deadpool number 1, which today <laughs> would be worth quite a lot. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. 7 of them, you say? 7 of yeah. them. That's quite valuable. Get your well, mylar awesome. out. <laughs> Just <laughs> now, are, are, they, are they signed by Rob Liefeld? Well, let's, let's not get carried away. Okay, right? okay, fine. Guys... <laughs> Guys, where where can I see this this movie? Yeah, where, Deadpool. Where do I watch it? It's still in theaters in February and March, whatever month it is now. I don't know <laughs> when you're listening to this or when we're recording it. Apparently, uh, it's going to be out probably about four months later on the Blu-rays and on VOD a few weeks before that, because that's how things work now, dear listeners. Wow. And if you're in that interim where you can't find it in first run or second run and it's not yet on Blu-ray or DVD or streaming, go and buy some comics. Get them at your local comic store. Get them at a bookstore. Read about Deadpool. And you'll be very happy for doing that as long as you're not a child. Yay, that's good. That's <laughs> oh, good. Man. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing this. I am definitely going to check it out while it's still in theaters, while I still yeah. have the chance. Mm-hmm. Go awesome. for it. Awesome. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for listening to my Shamfic. And thank you all out there in listener land. This has been Sham Fiction. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Oh, I gotta go get a chimichanga. Sham Fiction is produced by Two Jackets Productions, which is Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Special thanks to Reed Reimer for providing the music. For a full list of episodes and to read this week's fiction, visit shamfiction.com. Follow us on Twitter at ShamFiction, and please, don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. ShamFiction. Write what you don't know. Lords and ladies, we humbly ask you to return next week for a masterpiece of sham fiction. Gentlemen, we ask that you wear your white ties. Ladies, we ask that you don your finest hat and gloves, because you will be dining in Yorkshire's finest country house. Always remember propriety and keep your best manners in mind, because this episode will be for king and country.